Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's a reason, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble! Big wins for Aston Villa and Arsenal and a superb match at Leeds. It's Monday, 7th of November. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. I'm Lassie Watson. And I'm Vidushin Hattaraja. All right, everybody. My goodness, it's Monday once again, and what a weekend of action we had. Before we get to that, we've got important news. Tomorrow, Tuesday, as it's otherwise known as, we are releasing the first of three episodes for our new one-off series called Inside the Qatar World Cup. Our very own Kate Mason travelled to Qatar in September to find out how this tournament has impacted real people's lives. She's spoken to a huge range of people that you won't hear anywhere else, including human rights activists, stadium workers, the only Qatari to come out as gay, members of Qatar's women's national team, and many, many more. Uh, it's an essential listen, I'm sure you'll agree, um, before this World Cup, of course. So listen to the trailer released yesterday and listen to the episode tomorrow, which is episode one, of course, out right here on the Football Ramble feed. A very important piece and a very interesting piece as well. All right, everybody, let's get to that juicy action that we had on the weekend. Jim, your highlight of the weekend. There were a lot of highlights for me uh, for obvious reasons, but we're going to come on to those. Um, mm. So I'm going to pick one from the post-match um, from the uh, Chelsea-Arsenal game. Uh, Scott Parker was a pundit and Scott Parker has long reminded me of someone or something and I've yep. not been quite sure what it is and I've realised that he's a square red nap. Ooh. Do you know what I mean? It's just like a. Well, it just is what it is. He's a square red nap. You mean in that's sort what of it vibe? Me of. No, no, in terms of his head's very square and he's got a sort of red nappy vibe. Okay. <laughs> Harry or Jamie? Just a red nap. Uh, just, like, just one of them. I'm sure there's more. 
<laughs> yeah, there would be, wouldn't there? Jamie's got a brother, isn't Sandra? he? Sandra? Yeah, maybe. She, you know, mm. she's contributing to the DNA. What was the dog's name? I don't know. I've no idea. No, okay. <laughs> Didn't the dog have email on my, on my no, no, that's right, yeah. stories? Yeah, but we should probably... Had a bank account, certainly. All right, yeah. So Scott Parker reminds you of a... Of a, 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 a He's a, he's a square red now. Yeah, okay. what, you know, it, it, it simply is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, Lars, can you better that? Almost certainly not. But um, you know, this is a bad highlight of the week. But I did weekend. But it's just Leeds, Bournemouth. I know we'll get to it. But I, I just love games that are like seven goals. What is going on here? Like mm. this has gone completely round the bend. This is totally nonsense. And I don't want to preempt that segment of the show. We'll get to it. But that that was just you know. <laughs> It was a great advert for the Premier League, wasn't it? I don't everyone? think anyone's going to argue with that was your highlight because no. I'm sure that was a highlight for a lot of people, including Leeds fans. And and yeah, but, well, yeah, and, and Victor Orta, not to mention it was a big, <laughs> big highlight for him. I also can I just also slip in mm. uh, <laughs> Unai Emery's tactical instructions on the sideline. I think yes. we've been very short on managers who make mysterious gestures, yes, uh, possibly obscene gestures. Mm. Uh, in instructing his players to, uh, that that is a genre of manager that I don't think like we currently have mm-hmm. it and was a sort of uh, well I, I can we I, I don't know what we can say we can say everything go with it yes <laughs> it, I, I, I refuse it was <laughs> like, I implore you to it was no. like it was a double hand job that's I mean those it, are your yeah. words Marcus uh, Beller yeah but that's what it looked like that's what you're saying Lars yes. eh I thought you were a bit more scandalous maybe, maybe they maybe that was like a thing they'd planned on when they do the long long tactics meeting ahead of the game yeah. and they have the big blackboard or maybe even an iPad uh-huh. with like various diagrams and things you can do in certain match scenarios. Yes. And like at, at that minute, double wank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or milk the cow. Maybe he's milking a cow. Yeah. Milk it, lads. Milk this. Yeah. We're winning. No. Come on. That's what it maybe was. Maybe was he talking to his own team? Maybe he was just pointing <laughs> to a couple of United players and going, Oi, wankers. <laughs> yeah. That might be it. If that was it, that would be brilliant. Oi, remember the Europa League final? <laughs> Maybe he was getting confused and to mm. defend the lead, he asked for two wanks of four. <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah. believe I've said that. It's not even 10am yet. Yeah, how about On a that? Monday. Um, Vish, your highlight uh, of the weekend. My highlight is a lot cleaner than that, and it's mm. cleaner because someone's lent me their jumper to clean it. Um, it was the uh, Wes Harding for Rotherham uh, when he was about to take a long throw against Norwich City mm-hmm. in their game on the weekend. Um, wanting a towel, couldn't find a towel. Um, there was a couple of fans behind him, and they pointed to where the towel was, and he thought, oh, I can't really go back and get it. <laughs> so one of them took their jumper off and threw it to him, and he cleaned the ball with that and handed it back. Yeah, n- neither of them behaved like it was in any way unusual. No, well. no. That was what I it, but enjoyed it was, about it. But I kind of, I got me thinking, what, you know, what item of clothing would, would you give up for, for the benefit of your own team? Yeah, but then he... Because I really like a, quite a lot of my jumpers. Yeah. I, I would I, think twice about yeah, that. Yeah, presumably you chose all of them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'd probably... I'd rather take my, take my trousers off. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because trousers are easier to dry as well because mm-hmm. of the material, generally. And the velour trousers that you wear would probably be quite handy. Mm. They and would most of them yeah. just sort of come off water. anyway, don't they? Yeah. You just pull them off in one motion. <laughs> I know, but it was weird how they both was a bit. But remember that thing we agreed. Yeah, remember that thing. But I like that though. The fan will have felt a part of it somewhat. But yeah, generally, in a way that no fan could ever feel a part of. A genuinely a part of the action, but but you know, like when when people who do long throws, they walk back to the advertising hoardings facing mm-hmm. the crowd 
and like kind of compose themselves to prepare for the long yeah. throw. Yeah. Just the idea they might catch the guy, you know, someone in the crowd, mm. and they might like gesture to their jumper, like, yeah, sets so, nah, so nah, a precedent. Right. Sets so a precedent. Isn't yeah, it? and a glorious precedent. And yeah. a glorious precedent. You know who'd be really bad at it? Newcastle fans, because they always take their shirts off, don't they? <laughs> no, but they're they're ready. Oh, that's true. Oh, they still have them, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They just turn up, <laughs> discard like that, them for <laughs> the start of a marathon <laughs> on the train there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, wear a wear a dressing gown. That would be very good if you really want to get in. If you really want to embrace this. Oh, but look for the towelly mm. qualities of a dressing exactly. gown. Smart. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, my highlight of of the weekend was, um, and I, I've been enjoying this very much. Just seeing Yuri Tielemans uh, hitting a ball that's that's uh, uh, in the air. I'm reluctant to call it a volley. There was that debate about half volley and volley and so on. I, the ball's in the air. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, he can and hit it them. it stayed there. Yes, <laughs> he can hit them, uh, which is no surprise. I mean, you remember that winning goal in the FA Cup final and so mm. on. That was on the floor. But there's a sense with Tielemans, though, that b- the ball seems to come to him like that so often. It's like, oh, go on then. Is he like, but that's not, that's not, I don't think that's a coincidence. Oh, I, no, I would throw like Ruben Nevers in there as well. Like yeah. Nevers is I love that. Can I say that Tielemans, have we finally found a successor to Tony Yeboah? That's <laughs> really not a comparison I ever thought I'd. Yeah, I'd hear. But in it's, terms of in terms of the, in terms of volleys in the way he's hitting them and so on, I mean, come on, very good. I'll leave that out there, ladies and gentlemen. Show at footballramble.com. Uh, let's go straight to that uh, game at Ellen Road. Leeds four, Bournemouth three. My goodness, a barn burner at Ellen Road. Leeds, of course, were three one down, booed off at half time, came back to win four three, uh, much to the delight of the home fans, proving the fickle nature of football fans is here to stay. Lars, it was not so much a game of football as it was a Class A drug, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was incredible. What about Somerville scoring a late winner for Leeds? If it was, in the if it was a barn burner, you wouldn't want to smell the smoke. No, exactly. <laughs> I thought you said Class A. Um, but that breakaway. I'm sure that burns too. Yeah, well, <laughs> I haven't tried. True enough, yeah. We remember Email the, in. Well, we remember the BBC News report. <laughs> yeah, the, guy, uh, next, the Scottish standing guy. next to the burning heroin. Yeah, yeah, that was a huge mistake. Yeah, yeah, and we don't condone that. Uh, but the reporting, fine, you know. Yeah. Um, but Jim, that the, the, the winning goal, let's go straight there. The way they broke is that that's the last thing you need if you're a defender. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you had the lead three one. There's inevitability. The tide is turned against you, and you have what looked like two of the quickest players of all him. time. Just yeah. kick him. It's astonishing. But it was. I mean, Bournemouth couldn't get near him, could they? It was. It was like a sort of. It's like Moses parting the <laughs> black and red sea. It was yeah. incredible. Mark over Moses. No, that was terrible. What? I was just trying to think of a two wanks of four. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a lovely finish again. And you know he's got a habit of this, hasn't he? Like oh, he's, I think he scored three goals this season. They've, they've all been very very late. I should have said Mover Mars, shouldn't I? Mover Mars. No, no, okay, it's, you know, right. irretrievable at this stage. Yes. But yes, Jim. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. No, it's it's fine. He it was. It was no, it wasn't fine. <laughs> so it wasn't fine. Cocaine. Let's stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough from you. I mean, it, I mean, it capped a brilliant come comeback, obviously, didn't it? But I mean, was it even the best goal of the game? Well, this is the thing: are we going to forget uh, Billings' goal and Solanke's goal? I think I, I don't think... know actually, because I think this is going to be one of those games where just, just you remember kind of all of it. Can I just also be controversial and say, out of all the goals, mm. I kind of think the Sam Greenwood one was the oh. Because yeah. it was just the one you were least expecting. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not totally baffled that Billings hit one or that sure. Solanke has done a back heel. Like, he's a forward. But, like, Sam Greenwood coming on. I'll just put this in the top corner. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Like, what? Like, one hit as well. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Very little time on it. Brilliant. Also, the, uh, the other thing I liked about the winner, um, it's very rare that you see a through ball played yes. in that area of the pitch mm, yep. when, when the move is happening at that speed. Yes, you're right. Like, incredible composer from Yotto to play that ball 
so so well and also you know Santiago Somerville to sort his feet out and, and, and yeah. bang it into the top corner. Yeah, it was absolutely perfect. Yeah, the the way it moved, the way the crowd, it was, it was it was almost like a piece of music that perfectly kind of climaxes then crescendos down. You know, the yeah. way it kind of went and so it, it was it was phenomenal. Uh, after the game, Jesse Marsh said, "I feel like we never have simple victories. I want to make <laughs> things simple for us, but that's not the Leeds way." I hear. Well, you you do have more of an influence. Yeah, than that, you know, it feels like you're doing this on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what did you think though? Because you know, they were 3-1 down. Obviously, they have won the game, lest we forget. But they were 3-1 down, and Bournemouth missed some chances as yeah. well. I mean, Meslier made a really important save at 2-1. I know it went to 3-1 anyway, but it's still massive given the, the yeah, context yeah. of the game. Yeah, so, so I suppose my question is, is that how convincing is this in terms of Leeds and Jesse Marsh? I think the crowd deserve a lot of credit for this because oh. it, it feels like it happened in a completely different game, but... The noise for Rodrigo's penalty in the third minute yeah. was absurd to the extent it felt like a game that was happening in April yeah. in terms of like, right, we really, really, mm-hmm. really need this. Um, and also bear in mind that Bournemouth went 3-1 up after half time. Yeah. So the the turnaround would have happened, you know, on the pitch, you know, in the actual action itself. It's saying that Marsh does deserve credit because mm. all his substitutions change something. Mm. And to put that much stock in those younger players who ended up delivering was, you know, an incredible thing to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did feel like he had an entire season's worth of up and down in one game. Yeah. And I I, I really enjoy watching Leeds. There was a tweet the other day, I can't, I apologize, I can't remember who this was from, but he's, but it was basically, if you don't mind Leeds <clears throat> winning or losing, they are the best team to watch. Yeah, I and I and I believe that they were like that under Bielsa at times. No, no, they they were, but yeah. it's it just it, well, I suppose that's what Marsh just, is saying. Yeah, it just carries. It's just carried through here. Yeah, I guess. The, sorry, but like for me, I feel like the big difference with Bielsa is that under Bielsa, they at least had periods where they controlled the game. Yeah, a that's bit. true. Like yeah. they could yeah. put their foot on the ball and pass it around a bit. <clears throat> Whereas with Marsh, it's all chaos all the time. But do you think? Which, I mean, which think, I enjoy watching. Yeah, but, but like, would you think that's sustainable though? No, well, that, that that was kind of what I'm getting towards is that like he says, uh, it's kind of on him a little bit because like they are a hundred miles an hour all the time. Yeah, and you know they're they're probably I think they are if you look at the numbers the hardest pressing team in the league. I also checked this; they're also the 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 team in the league that I put in the most tackles, and they're the team that has had the most players dribbled past. <laughs> so th- there's a lot of stuff going on yeah. with, in Leeds <laughs> games in general. It's, it's not boring. I mean, it, by the end of the game, the the, the Leeds uh, uh, first eleven had an a- or, or eleven that was on the pitch had an average age of just twenty two years and and well twenty two point nine. I nearly mm. said nine months, but that's not quite how that stat works. But yeah, yes, just nearly twenty three years. That massively comes into that yeah. as well, doesn't it? I think you might look at this, and if you've been slightly cynical, think, all oh, right, you know, if they've conceded three goals at home to Bournemouth, mm. you know, maybe they've got away one there. Maybe it's a little bit lucky, but. I think the youth of those players it is a huge factor in that because they're still figuring out uh-huh. who they are. He's still figuring out who they are. He's still figuring out how to get the best out of them in in, in the various systems. Um, and I think actually it's a, a really good thing for us that we get to see them work this out while yeah. they, they learn how to express themselves, learn who they are. And um, everyone has a really mad time. <laughs> yeah, they, they very much do. Did you see... They are the... 12th, by the way. They are. Yeah. It's, easy, it's easy to forget this. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they look like, we said recently, we're all kind of still figuring out who they are and, and, and what sort of t- team they're going to be this season. So more know, of this. Putting a, yeah, putting a run together like this, a couple of wins on the bounce is, is, is not insignificant. Let's hope they never figure it out, Jim, for the, for the sake of the neutral. But after the, after the game, do you see this? 
this Leeds director of football, Victor Orta, was filmed uh, shouting, sack yeah. the board. Yeah, because I mean, even in the stands, it's absolutely yeah. mad. Well, I should yeah. say that this was in response to the Leeds fans singing that during the game. So he was... Now, that's a bit of a ballsy thing to do. But I suppose after that kind of victory, you can they will they will... Presumably, see the funny side of that. I don't think they will. <laughs> okay. I don't think they will. If you look at the um, comments on the video, they have not. I see. I see. <laughs> well, could that be the neutrals getting in the way? So yeah, we often, maybe, we yeah. often talk up the neutrals, don't we? As if yeah. we're innocent bystanders, sometimes they can be buggers as well. Um, yeah. So, what about Bournemouth, though? Um, I mean, they they let a two goal lead slip for the second week in a row, which apparently is a Premier League first. Uh, Gary O'Neill said after the game, "You can't walk away from the game with no points having played like that. It's unacceptable." I'm not saying they've been lucky to get the points they have, but if they keep playing like they have, they're probably going to get fewer points. They're conceding a lot of chances well, and they, creating they, not that much. They've lost four on the, on, on the spin and they have conceded the most goals in the league. They've got goals in the team, as, as, they, as they prove, but it's just, it's at the back, you know. Yeah, and it's, but like, they're not always for Bournemouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Not always, not always, Jim. They need, they need to take a leaf out of Arsenal's book, don't they? And you could argue that every team in the league does because Arsenal are top of the blooming Premier League, yes. Jim. Uh, they beat uh, Chelsea 1-0 at Stamford Bridge. Jim, I look, I know that, that talk of the title, so it's early days, but do answer me this. Um, if Arsenal win the league, they'll have a title parade and so on. Where are you going to be? In where's your spot? Where's your, where's your vantage point? Um, that's a really good point. Yeah, it's not entered my mind yeah. at any point. And now it but has. I to think about it. Um, I, I just probably wander around. Uh, it's very arrogant <laughs> of you. Very arrogant of you to think that. Arsenal got this <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, they are top of the league with a massive win at Stamford Bridge. Vish, you said on Friday that this is, or, or perhaps you agreed with Jim, but certainly you, there was a feeling that this is their biggest test of the season so far. And my goodness, they came through. It. They did, yeah. It is rare to watch a team use their youth, their youth to such good effect in a big game mm-hmm. because other than Leeds United, <laughs> well, no, yeah, but but like they, no, I know you if, if you look at kind of Chelsea's team, there were like seasoned vets in there, huh? and they were just so off the pace. I suppose mm. you know it carries over into the the difference in the in the age profiles of the squads, but like. I was just so impressed. I, w- I wouldn't even say Arsenal were that spectacular, but every now and again, they would just shift the ball so quickly. Yeah. And it felt like Chase- Chelsea were chasing shadows to a point. Well, it was, yeah. And it was the most surprising because, you know, we also spoke on Friday about the idea that at some point they're going to feel hunted. And the way Man City won that game on Saturday, mm. I kind of felt like, oh God, is this, maybe this will be the trip up. Yeah. And obviously it wasn't. Ch- um, Arsenal controlled that game from start to finish. And it's a little bit like... I don't know if, I mean, I'm not a massive golf fan, but people say about young golfers is that they never putt better or or, or never, never more um, optimistic with their putting than at the start because they haven't lost. Mm-hmm. They haven't lost, um, you know, a lot of money or a big place and you're making the cut yeah. on one putt. And that feels like what this Arsenal team are going through now. There seems to be like, and I know like a lot of these players like Jesus and Zinchenko have been part of bigger teams before. But something about it feels a bit like, ah, fuck it, why not? Even Jacker, the way he was was yeah. at the end of the game. I think that's yeah. I think it's a fair comparison. I mean, Jim, it was a very mature performance as as, as Vicious sort of tapping into it. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, they looked like the protagonist in the game. They looked like the senior side in terms of experience and they controlled the game very well, as you said, all over the pitch, but I think predominantly in the middle with Party and Jacker, just essentially in charge, <clears throat> really. And yeah. Chelsea looked a bit more disjointed than I expected them to be. They seem to have kind of 
they they look more like Graham Potter has just taken over than they did when he did just take over. Does yeah, that make all, sense? Uh, it, it, well, the new manager bounce clearly was a thing for yeah, them. Yeah, it must have been because it looks like they're not quite sure what the system is. <clears throat> I mean, it's... They are bouncing um, no more. They didn't really threaten much in, in the kind of final third of the pitch. No. Aubameyang had eight touches and he was obviously hooked off after the goal Did which that... was very satisfying yeah, okay, yeah. Um, if I may be slightly immature for it, a moment it, it was like they put a coat over his head and snuck him out of the building <laughs> yeah very did much you see so. Gabriel tweeted after the game nothing personal London is red he not did. North London London possibly in response to a Bamiang possibly chat. yeah, yeah. <laughs> then that BT yeah. uh, sport a, a, another enjoyable bit was Granite Xhaka's maturity in just calmly accepting that Cucurella cuddle that, um, that enabled was, the goal. That was really. extraordinary. It was Wasn't as if, it? It was as if like one one said to the other, you stand still, I'll stand still, okay? Let's yeah. just call an amnesty on this whole... I'm going to take you out of the game. <laughs> yeah, but I'm taking you out of the game. Yeah, exactly. Really well, Really odd. You haven't seen Gabriel nipping in, have you? <laughs> <laughs> that was, it was He's really in control here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, uh, the, uh, well, the travelling uh, Arsenal fans were, were absolutely loving it. And speaking of Jacker, he said after the game, look at that atmosphere. It's effing unbelievable. He did. And it was, Lars, the vibe at Arsenal at the moment. It's very good. It is extremely good. This is This is... You know, beyond Wales 2016, dare I say England 2018. Not a comparison I was going to make. (laughs) The vibe is so good. When was the last time they released like a new fancy kit? Yeah, they don't need one. We're we're due some Arsenal retro stuff on the back of this vibe. Did you see Ben White? Dinking a ball onto Odegaard's head as they celebrated the goal. Yeah, Yeah. lovely and brilliant. Uh huh. Just. The execution of that. I have to. I have Shit to say, his own captain. <laughs> I have to say, I love seeing uh, Martin Odegaard. Uh, should I? Say, Who doesn't? Uh, uh, Lars, because obviously you know the wonder kids and signed for Real Madrid, and, and we've seen uh, players like that uh, with such expectation on the shoulder at such a young age, then actually go on to disappoint. We've seen them obviously in the obvious mm. sense of Lionel Messi go on to be one of the best players in the world. But 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 Odegaard, how do you pronounce Odegaard? Odegaard. Odegaard. Martin Odegaard. Um, big Martin. Um, he, Who's uh, quite small, of course. Uh, indeed, yeah. But in stature, in, 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 in presence. Um, <laughs> but it's great to see him playing a big part in this Arsenal side. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he is just 23, but he's a very mature player and the way mm. he, he behaves, one thing, and the way he conducts himself on the field. So you remember, he's played a lot of football already. Yeah. You know, he's been, he's been playing as a first-team regular more or less since he was yeah, yeah. 15 I mean, in Norway. Uh-huh. So, I mean, he, for a young man, he's very, very experienced. He's played already in uh, in a bunch of different countries and, uh, yeah, is a, is a good captain for the Arsenal, I, I dare suggest. I'm going to flip this to Jim and just ask, what would you say, like, a percentage chance... <laughs> of Arsenal winning, winning the, the title. Love yeah. that question. No, but I'm really interested because I'm uh, yeah. uh, I, 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 on, on a, I, I keep an I keep an eye on the betting markets. You know, it's something no, I, I enjoy doing, and I'm, I'm kind of curious with where we are with Arsenal. So I'm wondering, just independently of all of that, where, what, where does Jim noted Arsenal enjoyer Jim Campbell again? I don't want to be too mature, immature, mm. um, but it sometimes slips out. Because so if you say zero, say that is not percent. that. Um, <laughs> That's I both think, immature and a wild shout at the yeah. same time. Yeah, well, I think that there's if that there are so many ifs. That's the problem. You know, the I think that the World and Cup so is many a, buts. The World Cup is so many buts. The World Cup is a, is is a, is a great unknown. The problem is Arsenal will get injuries, and injuries to key players will affect them in a way that that simply won't affect Man City. There's fatigue to come in at some point. They will have a they will they will have a bad run. It's just going to happen. I don't think 
that they are yet at a point where they'll be able to match City for an entire season. I think the the way what would make that possible is if they make a couple of signings in January, but they need to be the type of signings you can only normally make in the summer. So I'm I'm tempering my expectations, but I'm enjoying the hell out of it right now. So how many, so many percent? Yeah. 69. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and what you need is a mercurial Colombian striker to come in yes. and get you over the line, of course. <laughs> uh, quite enjoyable at one stage in the game, uh, uh, Alexander Zinchenko penalised for a foul throw where he accidentally dropped the ball when faking to take a throw in. Brilliant. <laughs> Love that. Um, but yes, Arsenal, uh, of course, uh, they were second for a, for a moment, weren't they, after Man City beat Fulham. Ten man Manchester City. I was this is bit, what I'm talking about. Yeah, I was a bit sort of like Man City get the man sent off and a crucial man at that, uh, rightly sent off such, such an early stage in the game. <clears throat> and I was listening to it on the old wireless, thinking, "Come on, follow me, p- p- push this a bit more." And I was like, oh, "Okay, you obviously you take a point. I mean, a point on the road is generally quite good for any promoted side, especially if it's at the Champions." And then you look at the highlights back and you go, yeah, like even with 10 men. <laughs> They're very good, what aren't was they? it, like 71 percent Yeah. So how, did, how did Fulham look like the team with 10 men? I don't understand this. <laughs> they buy the... one of your players at half-time? <laughs> they might have done. But when the player who's missing is Cancelo, who, mm. to my mind, plays at least seven positions least. in every game, on, yeah. it makes it even more impressive. Yeah. And, and, and even with the penalty, Leno was so close to saving it. Ah, Gutting. Gutting. It was interesting to see uh, Harlan, uh, the Iceman, the Iceman Ice cometh, saying that the he combined was... harvester of doom. <laughs> <laughs> he is a bit. Munch, 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 munch. Is that what they call him in Norway? <laughs> no, that's, that's just mentally. That's how I see him. He's like your big, uh, bright blue combine harvester yep. who just gobbles up all the chances. Yeah, yeah. yeah but he like, jump, 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 jump. Norwegian pronunciation. Munch, 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 munch. Just a scream, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but he said he was a bit nervous before taking the penalty. Yeah, no, I thought that was nice because he could have played it cool. And I was like, no, I am not nervous. And I was like, no, I was a bit mm. nervous. You got to do it. Yeah. He scored 23 goals in 17 games, which is impressive for anybody, especially as it's his first season in this uh, in this country. Mm. Uh, Paul Merson's not fully convinced, though. Um, <laughs> recently said, everyone goes on about how great he is yeah, and how powerful he is. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but if he's not getting the ball on a sixpence, he's not getting the ball. He would not score 60 goals in League Two. And I was a manager there with Walsall. Um, he did manage Walsall, Paul Merson, in the Championship in League One. Um, <laughs> it's a strange argument. I love it, though, because like... Because you, you can't disprove it. No, 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 no you can't. And we, yeah, we, we will never disprove this for obvious reasons. But I love it. Well, he wouldn't score 60 goals in League Two. But, okay, maybe bring that tally... You know, if he, if he said he wouldn't score maybe 20 goals in League Two, but... Uh, because even if I think Harlan, he would score sixty goals in League Two, if Pete Lionel, I honestly Messi, think so. Yeah, but if if Pete Lionel Messi played in League Two and ended the season with sixty goals, you wouldn't go. Well, I thought. Well, it why he played in League Two? <laughs> this is weird. I don't know. Yeah, it would be because the conversation for Harlem before was, yeah, well, if, you know, if he's doing it in uh, in Germany, yeah, can't do it. Uh, in, yeah, yeah, we won't yeah, be able to. Yeah, do it. And yeah, now yeah, it's yeah. like. Yeah. Okay, well, you couldn't do that in a worse league, <laughs> <laughs> you? Learn from Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, I, mean, I think where we could agree that if he uh, played under Merson at Walsall, he maybe wouldn't score 60 goals. I mean, I think that's possible. He maybe made, that's what he meant. Yeah. I wouldn't play him up front. Uh, I should be, I should, perhaps we've uh, done Paul a disservice there. Yeah, um, gentlemen, uh, it was uh, the FA Cup first round uh, on the weekend, of course. Little call back to Friday's uh, preview show where we mentioned Colville player Ashley Chase Chambers, who, who said that his team would fly under the radar in their game against Charlton Athletic as the Charlton players wouldn't know where Colville is. Uh, Charlton won the game 4-1. 
Chambers did get the goal, though, Vish. Yeah. What do you think? You wanted Charlton to batter them. Are you happy with that? I mean, uh, just, yeah, it was just a, a throwaway line. I didn't think they'd listen to me, but um, <laughs> thank you, Charlton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they would have gone Sorry, easier. Sorry, uh, uh, But nice for Chambers to score, though. Presumably went under the radar to get that goal. Uh, Arguably, they flew too far under the radar. <laughs> it's hardly, hardly even um, detected. By the time they came up, they were 4 exactly 1 down. Exactly right. That was the problem. Uh, DJS. Did you see this? Seventh tier Al, um, Alva Church beat Cheltenham Town, who were 96 places above them. Uh, they won 2 1. Lovely old job. Hopefully they're still in the in the third round when that comes around. Uh, excellent stuff. Oh, and one other bit of housekeeping, uh, I should say, uh, from uh, last Friday's preview show. It, Tom has emailed in with a word of warning after we discussed a story uh, about a bull moose which invaded a kids' football match in the States. Tom said, as someone who lives in moose country, a bull moose is more dangerous to you than a bear. Don't with a moose fish. Because you were seemed a bit it's really good. I wasn't trying to fuck with it. I was trying to be friends with it. Right. Well, you know, the and, moose and, doesn't. You want to then, know what then your intentions are. And, and, and then we were gonna go, we were gonna go around. You were gonna wine and dine it. No, we were gonna stay go around in this animal's friend zone. I'm gonna be. Yeah, I'm gonna, You're gonna be do the old and I Emery. And go around this part of America. <laughs> do a half Emery. <laughs> <laughs> Full Emery, not necessary. Yeah, okay, only one moose. I think we've heard enough. Let's have a break. I'm not gonna wank off a moose. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Played and yes. Winks can get it away. Lanzini! Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Fuck what sake. a goal. Oh, yes, everybody. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. Oh, good to have you. Good to have you with us, my goodness. Uh, right now, you may have noticed an extra episode appear in your pod apps this morning where Luke Moore sat down for a chat with Rio Ferdinand. 
two great centre-halves coming together. <laughs> uh, it's in partnership with Nivea Men and the UK charity Talk Club. They talk about men's mental health and what we can all do to have more open conversations about how we're feeling. It's a really important episode and Rio was very personable and open, so uh, get that in your podcast apps, everybody. Well worth uh, a listen. Right back to uh, the Premier League and uh, we go to Aston Villa 3, Manchester United a one. Perfect start for Unai at Aston Villa. Two goals in the first 11 minutes. Lars Sivertson, what a performance. What an impact. Yeah, terrific. Uh, you know, got off to a good start. United uh-huh. looked a bit leggy and uh, yeah, good good stuff for Aston Villa. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying the sort of... Um, what what is hopefully the proper sort of reawakening of Leon Bailey, uh, mm. who I had high hopes for because I've seen him quite a bit in the Bundesliga, and and listen, he's he can be an inconsistent player, but he is someone who has a bit of everything. Like he's really fast, he can really hit the ball very well, you know, he can go past people, you know, and 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 just on his day he can absolutely destroy you. And we just haven't seen that much mm. of it at Villa. I don't think didn't seem like Steven Gerrard fully trusted him, uh, and he didn't really have a place in that side. Uh, but, but I think, you know, in, in the same way that, um, in a similar way to Miguel Albion up at the Newcastle, uh, for instance, I think there is that kind of renaissance to, to possibly come from Bailey if he can stay fit as well. Yeah. And he was he was very good in this game, I thought. Yes, I mean, it, yeah. And Steve Bruce couldn't get the best out of Almiron, could he? Um, but, uh, <laughs> no, uh, no. It seems that true. there is a player in there, uh, after all. But yeah, I, it's interesting uh, what you say, Lars, because we about Aston Villa and certain players in the squad in general, we've talked about this, haven't we? About, about Villa have got a decent squad of players. They've yeah. got some good... I mean, Emery said... After the game, I was dreaming it with regards to the result. I was so happy. We have players with good skills, mm. and he's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you and you see that. You know, it, I think that's the frustration for fans. You know, certainly Pete with regards to Newcastle on this show, just time and time again, it was like, okay, fine. Look, we're not asking for much, but for crying out loud, get a better tune out of this lot. And 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 Villa under Gerrard, it clearly wasn't. Uh, uh, you know, well, it evidently wasn't uh, a match made in heaven. You know, when Unai Emery's come along, and obviously new manager bounce, bloody bloody blah. But try and unleash some of these players and, and get that creativity going. Yeah, there are, there are established players at this level who are comfortable at this level, who I, I suppose if you look at the whole squad in terms of players brought in as well above a certain age, they need Aston Villa, the club, need Emery to fire straight away. That's right. Mm. Yeah. And I suppose, you know, by bringing in a manager who is good at working with what's put in front mm. of him, I think that's, you know, they've, you know, they've made a smart move there because... You know, people on certain wages, the the idea that, you know, the drop-off in certain positions is pretty stark. And it was interesting that, you know, Ings started on the bench as well. Yeah. I think, like, someone like Watkins, who is regarded as a bit more mobile, and mm-hmm. certainly he was getting into pockets of space <clears> that United couldn't really deal with. And off the back of that, Bailey, you know, making great runs. And, and Ramsey, kind of... Jacob Ramsey's... We, we we spoke We've yeah. spoken about him in the show. We talked about him as a player. Mm. And then we stopped talking about him for about three months because well, yeah. we didn't really know what he was doing. Well, we and, stopped talking to all of them about three months, of course. Yeah. You know, and I, one doesn't want to stick the boot in, but it just, it just didn't happen. You know? Yeah. And he looks... Um, well, I mean, he... <laughs> He really put the Friars up a United midfielder weren't very mobile. Mm. I'm not entirely sure why Fred wasn't playing. I think this was a good example of um, how vital Bruno Fernandes is now. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there was that stage where he was trying to play hero passes all the time, but mm-hmm. he seems to have weaned himself off that, and he helps United retain the ball a bit better, and they just weren't doing that. Yeah, I did, I did think this was weird, because I, I was looking at this game 
uh, ahead of time thinking, well, no Bruno, but you know they'll just stick Fred or McTominay in next to Casemiro and give uh, Ericsson more freedom to go forward and it'll be fine. And that's not what they did. No. <laughs> Instead, no. they played Van der Beek, who had a not a great one. Well, and, Dolly. Uh, and, and just this whole front line, uh, with apologies to Garnacho, who's very young, of course, uh, and who looks promising, actually, mm-hmm. but the sort of Van der Beek, old man Ronaldo thing, it's like it's not, it's not great, isn't it? Though in fairness to United, you go away from home to a, man- to a team that's just had a new manager, the place is buzzing, and they score with their first two shots in the game, one of which is a long-range free kick, and you think, gee, this is not a good day, is it? Like, it's just not happening for us here. But yeah. then even, even for all the reasons you outlined, it did seem a bit of naivety in, in terms of how United came into that game, because you know they're going to be up for it. Mm. Like, especially the way that Gerard left and, and the feeling mm. around the club at the time, and the fact that they have, you know, some, a, a manager of a high profile, mm. you know, let's not forget... Um, yeah, it, it just seemed like you knew you were going to be run at, essentially. And well, that's right. Really and, for that. and, and, and also giving Ronaldo <clears throat> the captaincy as well. Well, that was an interesting one, Jim. Ronaldo giving the captain's armband not long after storming off during the Spurs game at Old Trafford. Yeah. That does seem quite remarkable. But did you hear Eric Ten Hag's explanation of it? Yeah, it, I wasn't having it. it. But it wasn't exactly um, a ringing endorsement, <laughs> was it? It was something like, De Gea's too tired yeah. Fernandez isn't about <laughs> um, <laughs> Casemiro doesn't speak English well enough Steve Bruce left ages ago <laughs> <laughs> you know like Roy Keane yeah, yeah, yeah Roy Keane's gone yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's got to be him I can't do it yeah I think that's got to be someone I, I, or, or another way of saying well hopefully this shuts him up for a bit yeah maybe. which is really what he said but also as well can you put that around your mouth please <laughs> Cristiano. Yeah, I mean, Ten Hag was 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 not happy with his with his team, of course, and, and questioned their sort of desire and passion, and then saying it was stupid to try and cross the ball in the way we did too quickly and too far out. And it did look like you know when England revert to that, uh, we're getting pressed yes. by a small yeah. talent. Yeah, we're, we're a few weeks away, um, uh, <laughs> and they're just start hitting it long and reverting to type. Yeah. It was almost like that yeah. with, with Manchester United. I think there is a sense that actually this this group of players, from what we know about about it and you know the various leaks that have come out in the dressing rooms and the, and the factions and and that this this seems to have been a squad in in recent years that hasn't really played for man united in the way a man united squad should i think this sort of tough love is what they need yeah i think that him sort of digging them out like this because it's not like he's naming names is is probably useful because the the standards are too low aren't they that's yeah. that's that has been the problem for such a long time mm-hmm. yeah i uh, but but a great win for aston villa nonetheless and they will be um very very uh, buoyed by uh, by all that sort of stuff and and so they should be uh, getting performances like that and, i mean and it's the first time they've won in the league over man united at villa park since 1995 yeah can't win anything with kids, can you? <laughs> well, if you've got Jacob Ramsey in your side, you can. Uh, a goal, assist and an own goal. The imperfect hat-trick. <laughs> Getting to Leeds. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, there was a five-goal thriller at the Molyneux. Brighton came out victorious 3-2. They won against uh, those Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, big news, of course, coming out of uh, the Wolves camp is that uh, Julian Lopetegui will be taking over as manager on the 14th of November. Did they, I mean, they seem to sort of go crawling back to him, Jim, or something? Or did he go crawling back to them? I don't know. It's hard to say, isn't it? But um, it's it's a great appointment, I really. Think, yeah, I, I mean, if, he, if he's into it, which it seemed like he wasn't <laughs> at first, but I, I think he's he's accepted his fate, hasn't he? As, Are you as worried that he might, he might sort of leave just a few days before the World Cup? Like <laughs> before? But, but they actually, they tried to appoint him back in 2016, I think, as well. Yeah, ages ago, yeah. So, yeah, they, they've been very keen on Lopetegui for a very long time. This is a saga. Yeah. Are we finally seeing the end of the saga that not many Well, you hoped this would be at the beginning of a saga, really. <laughs> is this the new Mara and Wonder? Yeah. Oh, don't start. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, well, um, yeah, it's it, it, it's a big appointment. I think one one can agree there, and it's something that's needed, of course, because Wolves are not doing too well. I mean, they, they lost the game; they're nineteenth for crying out loud, of course. Um, good win for Brighton, though. They're 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 back on the horse. They're sixth for crying out loud. We were we yeah. were concerned about them. They they they'd lost three and four before back to back wins, and suddenly they're they're right up there pushing Manchester United for that Europa League spot. Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're playing f- some fantastic stuff. It's nice to see, to, to learn about who uh, Matoma is as well. Yeah. Just, there's a new Brighton player now on turn who's wicked. Is, like, uh, there's a new Brighton player they're going to lose at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> he looks outstanding, doesn't he? Does, he does. He's yeah. so composed. Is he the most Brighton signing imaginable, though? Because he is a player who they've signed, who I think very, very few people would have heard of before, who was then loaned out to their feeder club oh. so he could have a, a season of getting acclimatised and, and getting used to European football. Because he's not and, that young, and, and he's twenty five. Yeah, he? and then being brought in to, to be and is immediately very good and has yeah. cost them very little. And I'm sure they'll make a ton of money when they sell him on. That, I mean, that, that's like a full house with with a Brighton signing. I True think. enough, it's a smart piece of business. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's like Lovejoy in charge of them or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's not talking about Tim, by the way. For no, those it who... turns out there are good footballers in the Japanese league. Uh, that, that, that shouldn't surprise us. Shouldn't surprise. What was Nelson Semedo doing on Matoma though? Yeah. Sending off it was essentially a rugby tackle. That was a bit maybe I don't know mad decision. Yeah, uh, do you think Lopetegui would be a good appointment, Lars? I don't know. I mean, I, I, <laughs> that's right. Okay, that's enough of that. No, being honest, uh, I, think, I think in terms of pedigree, l- listen, he he did a very good job sort of early on in his career with the Spanish under twenty ones and did well at Porto, I believe, and obviously was on a good was on road on the road to something good maybe with Spain, and then mm-hmm. things took a strange turn. Uh, and then at Sevilla, he's been perfectly fine. And and it's really been one of those things at Sevilla that you feel he's been stitched up a little bit almost because they've not had a good time of it this season, but then they sold both their center halves in the summer yeah. and didn't really replace them very well. So there's a real sense that, especially with Sevilla, we're often talking about... Uh, without going full Brassel, when we talk about Sevilla, we always talk about the great Monchi, you know, the great sporting director who yep. always puts together these great sides. Well, in this case, the great sporting director sold two of their best players, this rock-solid centre-half pairing, mm-hmm. didn't replace them very well, and a few months down the line, they sacked the coach because the team isn't very good, which yeah. is like, hang on, this is not on me. Well, uh, But I think he's someone who has experience from a very high level, and uh, with Wolves, you know, they... Their players are too good for them to be in the position they are. Mm. And it's really weird with Wolves because last season, last season they finished like 10th and their numbers were actually terrible. Mm. This season, they're terrible in the table, but their numbers are actually decent. So yeah. I, I suspect that with Lupatebi coming in, I think they'll rise. Indeed. Like, the, yeah, he'll be the yeast in the, in the Baker well, thing. Well, one manager comes in, one manager leaves. Yes. Ralph Hattleton-Hootle has been sacked. While we've been doing this podcast... He has been sacked. It's we, confirmed now, isn't we, it? We would like to thank Southampton for doing mm-hmm. that before we finish recording. Yeah. Um, it's good because there was very little else to talk about this weekend. <laughs> football yeah. Nothing went on. So yeah. Um, but yeah, but, but Big Ralph, he's, he, he's gone. Obviously, Southampton lost 4-1 against Newcastle. Uh, they've, they've only got 12 points in their last 14 games. Only one... Uh, win in their last nine. Uh, of course, Hassan, who's been there for for a few years, as managers go these days, you know, it's, it's quite a long appointment, really. December 2018 saved them from relegation that season. Um, they were top of the league two years ago. One can't forget, Jim, uh, after a 2-0 win at home against the aforementioned at Newcastle United. He told um, fans back then to believe anything is possible, which, uh, you know, hasn't aged well, has it? 
No, because um, it was a different. Also, anything. I mean, we could get anything. Bash nine nil. Yeah. So also, <laughs> then it'll happen again. Anything isn't possible, so you no. shouldn't tell people that. But I mean, it's a, it's a funny one with Hasselhoff because I, I never felt, I suppose, until this season they would go down, and probably they all the board maybe felt the same, which is why they've now um, pulled the trigger, so to speak. Um, but what I mean, what do you think, Fish? It's it's sort of understandable, isn't it? Probably about the right time to mm-hmm. do it, given how things were going. It does seem, if you look at reports over the last like, couple of months, maybe even just over the last month, actually, um, it does seem that he's lost a lot of the players as well, a lot of the players who were generally his allies all the way through this. Mm-hmm. I would also say that if you look at how he started, so what their best league finish under him was 11th. Mm-hmm. Semi-finals of the FA Cup uh, 2021. Um, and there's also the fact that in that period of time when he took over, he did very good things with that squad and then had to sell members of that squad yeah. and replace them with players from the championship, essentially. Mm-hmm. From could never quite get the players that he, he actually wanted, certainly his first choices. Um, and I suppose it's not too surprising that things have panned out this way because he's had to work with less and less. It feels yeah. like he's had to work yeah. with less and less each season. It's, a, no, it's right. a difficult model to get right, isn't it? It's it's kind of similar to what Brighton do, which is trying to sort of unearth these gems and make it work and have essentially have a high hit rate on those players mm-hmm. coming in. And I think Southampton do deserve some credit for the fact that Hasen Hooter was there for nearly four years. Yeah. And they did give him a chance to try and get systems right and to try and try and work within those means. Because it takes time to build a team and, and, and an identity. And they were really lacking that when he came in. They were sort of, they'd kind of... Did he replace Mark Hughes? He did. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. how long ago yeah. does that, yeah. that Well, that's extraordinary when you say that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's obviously it's a shame for him and for them, and it, I, th- I think it's it's got to the point where it clearly it was only going in one direction. But you know, yeah. it, it, it just kind of felt like it had become a slightly loveless marriage. I know. Uh, you mean, you know, yeah. there were quite, exactly. quite a few leaks about him and the players being a little bit distant with each other. Lacking spark. I, I'm I'm yeah, lacking sparky. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, but, but I, I, I'm fairly confident that he's a good manager. I, I I'm, I'm almost certain he's a good manager. I wouldn't be surprised if he like. Went to Germany and finished second in the Bundesliga with someone next season or something like this. Like I'm, I'm sure he'll go on to do good work somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it, it just seemed like also it's really to remember. There's been a change of ownership at Southampton, mm-hmm. which people kind of forget because it's Southampton. So people don't talk about them very much. But there was a change of ownership uh, earlier this year. It's always a little bit when new owners come in and the coach has been there for a while and it's maybe gone a bit stale with him and the players. You're on a little bit more of a tight leash then, I suppose. Yeah, but I mean, look... On a shorter rope? Well, maybe. Mm. But after 14 games, they are in the relegation zone and they're one place above Wolves and you rightly say that Wolves have got the players and yeah. maybe now the manager to get themselves out of that. Forest, you know, are up against it. But you look up the table, Bournemouth, we've talked about That's them. really good point, yeah. But you've got Everton, West Ham, Leicester, Aston Villa, Leeds, Brentford, Palace, Fulham, and then you're into Liverpool, you know, you're into the, well into the top half there. If you're, uh, you know, if you're on the board of Southampton, you might be looking around going, who are we finishing we above here? We need to gamble. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We, we need to good gamble. Thing, yeah, sure. um, gentlemen, let's finish our Premier League round up just quickly um, uh, talking about uh, Tottenham 1. Liverpool 2 Tottenham lost ground on Arsenal Jim with that loss Uh, and Mo Salah's back uh, scoring doubles and whatnot, which was nice to see Um, for for Liverpool fans I should say I'm very much neutral I'm one of those neutrals Um, Liverpool uh, yeah I mean they did survive a second half fight back from from Spurs but it is their first away win in the Premier League this season yeah it's really surprising isn't it which is crazy Uh, Klopp said after the game the win meant a lot today I just let out a deep sigh 
Ah, <laughs> as the final whistle went. <laughs> yeah, what a weird season they're having. Yeah. It's so, so up and down, isn't it? It really and is so up and down, stop, start, back and forth, mm. any other kind of but, description you can think but of. The game reflected that as well. They were really good in the in the first half. And, mm. the, the, you know, they looked the, the better team, really. They were, seemed comfortable. The goals were really, really well taken. The second half, they seemed to... Um, be trying to ride it out the whole game and obviously mm. if, you, if you let Spurs try and come back into it oh. that way they will because they've got that quality especially uh, given Spurs' record in the second half yeah exactly games this season. It really, it, a, a, an equaliser really felt inevitable didn't it oh, it did yeah Conte was really trying to get them going from the sidelines so much so he was seen uh, going into the Liverpool technical area to slap a, a, a ball <laughs> out of the assistant uh, <laughs> Pep Linder's hands which, was, which he got a yellow card for um, whereas, of course, he'd be doing a bit of a Mikel Arteta because Arteta likes to roam outside of his uh, technical area. Much Do to something the, about this man. Much to the uh, <laughs> anger and frustration of uh, the right Honourable Richard Keyes. Yes, sorry, I've, I've stepped on your punchline. Uh, no, 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 not revealing it was, what he said. Very much his Keyes punchline. I don't want to ever steal comedy <laughs> no, no. Uh, from a fellow human being. Great man. <laughs> from the, from Who are you, James Corden? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody stop this Two man. Two answer four. <laughs> If anyone should stay in their box. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> very good, very good. But at least it got him out of the country. <laughs> so, you know, well done for taking that uh, hit for us, America. Um, uh, Conte wasn't... Uh, he, he, he seemed quite pleased with his team's performance, the passion and desire and the... They weren't that bad, I, I, I was going to say that's... Yeah, but the, the first the, half, the, the, they, they no, lost no, the game in the first no, half. but that's the paradox. Because your man, Eric. I honestly didn't think Eric. they were that terrible in the first half either. I mean, that, that's kind of the paradox of Tottenham here. In terms of performance, I thought they were significantly better here than, both, than against both Bournemouth and, and Marseille. Uh, but of course, they didn't get the results. And, and there is something about the sort of the Eric Dyer goof. Hmm. I'm slightly, I don't mind the counter tactic of like sitting back quite a bit and trying to entice people in and trying to hit them. I think that's a perfectly legitimate way of playing football. Just the thing I wonder a little bit about the Spurs team is that in that defensive unit, I just think collectively they have too many mistakes in them for me to be comfortable with that because that's a way of playing that gives your defenders a lot of opportunities yeah. to mess up. Like like when you're defending high up the field, mm -hmm. you keep the ball away from them quite a yeah, lot of the time. Yeah. Whereas the way Conte wants to play, you know, there are that you just give them a lot of situations they have to solve throughout the ninety minutes. And you could apply this to Southgate's England, whichever you? configuration you. <laughs> and put I imagine that. we will. Yeah, yeah. But also, Southgate's England don't have a Romero, do no. they? Mm. Who can? Who is basically the designated adult of that defence? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Well, uh, yeah, I forget the point you were making. Last but they were no, but they were better. I thought in this game, I can understand why Conte wasn't too angry. They got into a lot of good positions. They got put a lot of crosses in. I was, and we should actually give some credit to the Liverpool defence, who have not, you know, always covered themselves in glory this uh, season. They coat very well with all the crosses Tottenham put in, I thought. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And also Darwin Nunez continues to be fun. And he reminds me, obviously a totally different player, but something I, I was sat in a press box once next to an international colleague. And one of the joys of, of knowing people from other countries is that they sometimes like translate idioms that doesn't make any sense yep. in English. And he pointed to a player and said, yeah, he, in my country, we would say that he is like a blind horse. Like, <laughs> what? I think the player in question was the sort of slightly unhinged uh, player, Roger Espinosa from Wigan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Slightly crazy player. Uh, right. but, but of course, well, headless chicken. We Darwin say, Nunes, completely different, but the blind horse thing is good because uh, he's like... He's so hustling and bustling. He's got so much good stuff going for him. But sometimes you get the sense that like no one knows where his next touch yeah. is going to end up. Just need to and, harness it. And I keep thinking, I keep thinking with a guy like that who's got you know, pretty fast for his size, he's strong, he moves around a lot, he gets into a lot of good positions. Kicks very hard like yeah. a horse. 
Mm. Inevitably, the goals will come, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but we've had Halloween now. It's kind of spooky. When I think that, I just hear this ghostly sound in the back of my head, which mm -hmm. is, Timo, I hear Timo. It's the ghost of Timo Werner, who also kept like getting into these sort of great positions, and it yeah. just never happened. So that that would, I mean, it doesn't. But I, I still think at the end of the day, if Darwin Nunes keeps doing what he's doing, the goals will will come, and, and many of them will come. And yeah. Could he win a Champions League like Timo Werner? Exactly hey, right. Give a I bit think of, he could. Probably worth noting as well that Spurs should have had a penalty, right? Okay. Well, I think that's very I, clear. I Again, another so, yeah. another future ghost of the World Cup for me there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if Trent... Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've already said it. Uh, <laughs> gentlemen, uh, let's finish uh, by going to the aforementioned America. The United States, of course. The rogue colony. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, your words, not ours. Um, Los Angeles. I'm a Viking, mate. Half of Europe are our rogue colonies <laughs> if we go far enough back. Well, and why not? Uh, but we're going we're gonna to go all the way back to the weekend uh, because Los Angeles FC and Philadelphia Union played a, an amazing final. It was great. Uh, quite, quite frankly, it was two all after 90 minutes. Then in the 117th minute, LAFC um, goalkeeper got sent off a terrible injury to mm. himself in in the process. It was a red card. There's no two ways about Out that. Out of the World Cup, yep. unfortunately. Very unfortunately, because uh, Canadian isn't yeah. he? Uh, probably their second choice. But yes, uh, he's out of the World Cup, which is which is a shame. Um, uh, but but yeah, he he was taken away off on a stretcher, so that meant there was nine minutes of stoppage time. And playing against ten men, uh, Philadelphia Union, they thought they'd won the game in the 124th minute when Jack Elliott scored after the subkeeper made a really good save actually, and then the rebound was put in. Um, and then, of course, in the 128th minute, who should pop up to get that equaliser to take it to penalties? Gareth Bale. Gareth bloody Bale. Um, apparently, the Philadelphia Union uh, Twitter account tweeted uh, after Jack Elliott scored, Jack Elliott is greater than Gareth Bale. Um, Swiftly deleted. Wait yeah. till the full-time whistle <laughs> for crying yeah. out loud. Yeah. the wrath of the whatever from high atop the thing. Indeed, yeah. And, a harsh uh, lesson for that 22-year-old intern. <laughs> Bale scores a great header. And then, uh, of course, LAFC keep a clean sheet in the penalty shootout with 3-0 with John McCarthy, the uh, sub-goalkeeper, saving two pens. Who's from Philadelphia, yeah. of course. There you go. The prodigal son of Ben. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, yeah. What a game. Just watch the highlights. There's no point. It was great, and also just the, the level. I mean, I think quite. I think because the when it was played, maybe some people actually in this country actually saw it. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think you'll agree with me. The level is quite good now of MLS. Like to the, the these are two very decent football teams. There's good mm. good tempo to it, and uh, yeah, good 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 play. Yes. And, and we've come a very long way with this league from where it was at yeah. ten fifteen years ago. I'd you, say. you hear oh. that MLS? Alas says it's good play. <laughs> It's good play. Didn't they do well? Yeah. Um, I wonder, and um, yeah, I'm not a regular MLS watcher. I watch this because I've got um, family allegiance in Philadelphia. Um, and I did wonder, just looking at those teams and, and others beyond them, if there's something about the way the league is played now or the structure of the league now that allows a bit more squad building. Everyone feels to have a bit more about them, and um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'd be keen to hear from our sal American listeners. Salary cap has gone up, and the, yeah. the oh. general allocation money, I think, helped as well. I so think it's fair to say that um, that David Beckham's job is done. He proved the Mission league accomplished. Greatly. Absolutely and right. And Fizz is carrying it forward. Indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, David Beckham is a man who likes to... Uh, 
talk up Qatar uh, at the moment, much to his um, shame, quite <laughs> frankly. Um, that does lead us nicely to remind you that episode one of Inside the Qatar World Cup is out tomorrow right here on the Ramble feed. It will be very different to what you hear coming out of Beckham's mouth, of course, about the country. Um, because we, we are less than two weeks away from the start of, of the World Ruddy Cup. Um, but this is a very important listen, of course, um, as I'm sure you're all very, very aware. But do listen to it, though, because it's very insightful and, as we say, very, very important to get your ears around that lot. There we are, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the Acast Creator Network. Absolute pleasure having you with us. Thank you, Jim Campbell. Thank you. Thank you, Lars Sievertson. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Vitushan Hadraja. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. See you soon. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Listen to this ACAST show ad-free on Amazon Music with your Prime membership or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.